Hello again, and welcome to the podcast of Lords of Literary Discussion. This is Casey Macias and Jacob Handy. And we'll be discussing addressing the novel Lord of the Fies by William Golding. This is part of a four-part series, and we'll be talking about pages 58 to 94 in the book. Let's start off with a new overall question. Casey, how does Golding create his message in the book Lord of the Flies? What do you feel Golding is trying to illustrate regarding the conflict you discussed? Golding is arguing in disarray because of corruption. Golding uses various objects as symbols in order to convey his argument. To start things off, what other objects are used as symbols throughout this section of Lord of the Flies, and why are they significant? Well, the first symbol out of two symbols is the signal flyer. The signal flyer is created by a group of boys that is aimed to act as a way of signaling nearby ships or planes. However, the fire gets out of control and causes problems in the tribe. It represents many different things in Lord of the Flies. Here is one of three quotes which include the signal fire. There's another thing. We can help them we can help them to find us. If a ship comes near the island, they may not notice. So we must make smoke on top of the mountain. Yes, we must very make important. a fire. A fire. Make a fire. At once half the boys were on their feet. Jack clambered among them. The conch forgotten. Come on, follow me. That poor conch, it doesn't deserve to be forgotten. For sure. The palms, the space under the palm trees was full of noise and movement. Ralph was on his feet too, shouting for quiet, but no one heard him. At all, all at once the crowd swayed toward the island and was gone, following Jack. Goldie, 51 to 52. Wow. The fire symbolizes hope and desire for rescue among the boys. It symbolizes hope and desire because they hope to be known but a plane traveling by their island. And it also symbolizes unity because they work together to build the fire. Our second quote of our three quotes is, Ralph stood away from the pile and put the glasses into Piggy's groping hand. His voice subsided to a mutter. Just blurs, that's all. Hardly see my hand. The boys were dancing. The pile was so rotten and now so tender dry that whole limbs yielded passionately the yellow flames that poured upwards and shook a great beard of flame 20 feet in the air. Four yards around the fire, the heat was like a blow and the breeze was a river of spark. Trunks crumbled through white dust. Ralph shouted, more wood, all of you get more wood. Goldie, 56. The fire also symbolizes science and technology in connection to civilization. The boys use picky specs to light the fire and use specific materials to use in the fire. That's quite a cool relevation. The fire also represents this to civilization because it is closest. To, it is the closest thing they have to get to back to the outside world. Indeed. The, the third quote in of these three quotes is "Come back, come back." He ran backward, in full. His face a wall always to face. His face always to the sea, and his voice rose insanely. Come back, come back. Simon and Maurice arrived. Ralph looked at them with unweakening eyes. Simon turned away, smearing the water. Ralph reached inside himself for the worst word he knew. They let the bloody fire go out. He looked down the unfriendly side of the mountain. Piggy arrived out of breath and whimpering like like a little. Ralph clenched his fist and went very the intentness of his gaze, the bitterness of his voice, appointed for him. That's Goldie, not very, That's not very responsible fire. of them. No, not at all. 
The fire also represents chaos and disagreement among the tribe of survivors. The boys have gotten into many fights and have had many disagreements about different... After Jack failed to keep the fire burning as a ship sailed by their area, Ralph exploded into anger, which proves it represents chaos, disagreement, and anger. That's pretty cool because fire can represent can be both your friend and your enemy and it can change in an instant. Similar to that. That's pretty cool, Casey. For sure. It's definitely shown in this The second symbol that is used is the hunting on the island. Jack has been focused on hunting and searching for pigs ever since Ralph assigned him to be a hunter. This idea of hunting has caused Jack to be very violent and aggressive in the group, causing him to be power hungry. The first quote regarding the symbol hunting is the chant was audible but at the distance at that distance still wordless behind jack walked the twins carrying a great stake on their shoulders the gutted carcass of the pig swung from the stake swinging heavily as the twins toiled over the uneven ground the pig's head hung down with gaping with the gaping neck and seemed to be searched for something on the ground at last, the words of the chant floated up to them across the bowel of blackened wood and ashes. Kill the pig, cut her throat, spill her blood. Goldie, 96. The hunting on their island represents violence and aggressiveness among Jack and his team of boys. They are very ruthless and perform a cult-like chant after the success of their kill, showing their violence and aggressiveness. The second quote regarding the symbol, the hunting, is... There was a ship out there. You said you keep the fire going, and you let it out. He took a step toward Jack, who turned and faced him. They might have seen us. We might have gone home. This was too bitter for Piggy, who forgot his timid timidity in the agony of his lot. He began to cry out shrilly. You and your blood, Jack Marydew. You and your hunting. We might have gone home. Ralph pushed Piggy to one side. I was the chief, and you said you were going to do what I said. You talk, but you can't even build hut. Then you go off hunting and let out the fire. Goldie, 99. The hunting on their island illustrates the disagreement and chaos between Jack and Ralph and the rest of the tribe of boys. Jack is very aggressive with his idea of hunting, and in doing so, failed to complete his job of keeping the fire lit. This caused much conflict between Jack and Ralph because the fire might have signaled a ship that passed by their island. This proves that hunting reveals fight and disagreement and chaos in the tribe. Our third quote regarding hunting is clearly there were of clearly they were of the opinion that Jack had done this decent thing, had put himself in the right by his generous apology, and Ralph obscurely in the wrong. They waited for an appropriately decent answer. Yet Ralph's throat refused to pass one. He resented, as an addition to Jack's misbehavior, this verbal trick. The fire was gone, dead. The ship was gone. Could they not see? Anger instead of decency passed his throat. That was a dirty trick. They were silent on the mountaintop while the Oak looked appeared in Jack's eyes and passed away. Ralph's final word was ingracious mutter. All right, like the fire, with some positive action before them. A little tension died. Ralph said no more, did nothing, stood looking down at the ashes round his feet. Jack was loud and active. He gave orders, sang, whistled, threw remarks at the silent Ralph, remarks that did not need an answer and therefore could not invite a snub, and still Ralph was silent. Goldie, 102. It's quite a shame they could have gotten rescued right then and there. 
I know, quite a shame. The hunting also illustrates the tyranny of Jack and the clash between Jack and Ralph. And the Ralph and Jack have been head-to-head ever since Ralph was voted chief, which angered Jack. Jack has been trying to win the trust of the tribe and make himself look like the preferable option over Ralph in order to control them. This conveys Jack's tyranny quest in the tribe and the battle between Ralph and Jack. How does Golden characterize the characters in this section of the novel, and how do they represent the claim, Jacob? Well, Golden uses dialogue, actions, and appearances in order to bring his characters to life in Lord of the Flies. So our first character, we're going to continue off of the arc of Jack. So, our first quote, which depicts his actions in this section, He gave a wild whoop and leapt down to the pale sand. At once, the platform was full of noise and excitement, scramblings, screams, and laughter. The assembly shredded away and became a discursive and random scatter from the palms to the beach and away along the beach beyond night sight. The island is slowly changing Jack. Before, he was very tyrannical and obsessed with both rules and power. Now that he has faced the exhilaration of killing, he has started to morph into a savage. This is shown when he breaks up Ralph's meeting, which was the only order the island had remaining. Furthermore, Jack represents chaos and anarchy. Wow. What a savage. Wow. So scary. Okay. Crazy. Our next quote is his dialogue. There was lashings of blood, said Jack, laughing and shuddering. You should have seen it. In this part of the novel, Jack and the hunters have been tasked with maintaining a large fire in case if a ship passes by. However, the hunters let the fire go out instead, and instead they went out hunting for meat. As a result, the ship passes and the children miss their chance to get rescued, and Ralph gets furious at Jack for letting the fire go out. However, Jack doesn't care at all that they could have been rescued. He only cares that he managed to kill a pig. This shows that the island is changing Jack into more of a savage, He has adjusted to his new life so much that he doesn't have any interest in returning to his previous life. If only Jack just let the fire lit. (sighs) Poor Jack. Okay, anyway, our final quote depicts his appearance. He knelt, holding the shell of water. A rounded patch of sunlight fell on his face, and a brightness appeared in the depths of the water. He looked in astonishment, no longer at himself, but at an awesome stranger. He split the water and leapt to his feet, laughing excitedly. Beside the pool, his sinewy body held up a mask that drew their eyes and appalled them. He began to dance, and his laughter became a bloodthirsty snarling. He capered towards Bill, and the mask was a thing on its own, behind which Jack hid, liberated from shame and self-consciousness. This also shows that the island is changing Jack. Previously, he looks like an average boy from England. Now he is dressing more like a savage, because some uncivilized people paint their faces in order to blend into their environment or to appear more intimidating. Speaking of blending into the environment, this shows that Jack is becoming one with the island. He is no longer the tyrant we knew before, but something much worse. He is the embodiment of both chaos and anarchy. I wonder if the island's changing other characters. Yes. Anyway, that was kind of a dark note. Let's go to Simon now. And this quote depicts his actions. Simon, sitting between the twins and Piggy, wiped his mouth and shoved his piece of meat over the rocks to Piggy, who grabbed it. The twins giggled and Simon lowered his face in shame. Analysis. 
Simon is unique to the other kids on the island because he is being nice to Piggy by giving him some of his own meat. However, he gets ashamed when he is called out for going against the beliefs of the majority of the island kids, which is to harass Piggy. Because of this, Simon represents the decision that many people have to make in their day-to-day -day lives, which is to either A, follow the crowd and the authority, even if it is morally wrong, or B, to go against the majority and do the right thing. Wow, what a decision. Yeah, and what a decision indeed. And now our final characters we will be analyzing are the little ones. So we will start off with their actions. As if this information was rooted far down in the springs of sorrow, the little one wept. His face puckered, the tears leapt from his eyes, and his mouth opened till they could see a square black hole. At first he was a silent effigy of sorrow, but the, the lamentation rose out of him loud and sustained as the conch. And uh, what's happening in this quote is a little unnamed Percival hears the children discussing the fictional beast on the island. Percival actually believes this and starts crying. This proves that the little ones represent the common people of society because both the average people and the little ones believe everything they hear from other people. This could lead to a potential message from Golding, which is that people will believe anything regard they hear regardless of credibility. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's quite relevant in today. But anyway, our final quote that we will be analyzing today is the dialogue from Phil, one of the little ones. Okay, so last night I had a dream, a horrid dream, fighting with things. I was outside by the shelter by myself, fighting with things, those twisty things in the trees. He paused and the other little ones laughed in horrified sympathy. Then I was frightened and I woke up. And I was outside in the shelter by myself, and the dark and twisty things had gone away. The vivid horror of this, so possible and so nakedly terrifying, held them all silent. The child's voice went on piping from behind the white conch, and I was frightened and started to call out for Ralph. And then I saw something moving among the trees, big and horrid. How awful. Yes, indeed. Analysis. One of the little ones named Phil had a nightmare of a creature on the island causing destruction, and then later saw something moving in the dark. In response, he automatically believes that his that this was the creature he encountered in his nightmare. In the case of this novel being an allegory, the little ones represent the average everyday people of society because many people and today believe will believe anything they hear on the news. As a consequence to Phil's nightmare, Phil and all the other little ones believe that there is a monster lurking on the island, even though Phil does not have a lot of credibility. This is a great analysis and definitely connects back to what we experience in our daily life. Yes. Well, alright, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for watching, and be sure to tune in to our next episode regarding pages 95 to 168.